0: Hello and welcome to Technology Simplified, Tech Talk Everyone Can Understand, brought to you by IT Voice. The goal of this podcast is to give you actionable information that will help you keep your business network running efficiently, securely, and productively. Through this podcast, we will keep you up to date on the ever changing technology landscape so you will be equipped to run your business effectively. Each episode will be free of undefined acronyms and over-technical jargon. Feel free to subscribe on your favorite podcast app or check out IT Voice for future episodes. We look forward to helping to keep you informed. Hello, everyone, and welcome to Technology Simplified by IT Voice. Tech talk everyone can understand. I'm your host, Will Slappy, and today we have... Jake DeMille with us, joining as our guest. He is the leader of the VCIO team at IT Voice. Hello, Jake. How are you today? Doing well. How are you doing, Will? Doing great. So today our topic is phishing. Uh, So can you start off by telling us what is phishing?
1: Well, phishing ultimately is a type of malicious attack that bad actors are going to use to convince normal everyday people to either give them information or install malicious software on, on their computers.
0: I thought you were going to give me some sort of uh, a thing about how it was hooking up bait and uh, hooks and that kind of thing, but uh, you went the right route with it. But just so all our listeners know, we're talking about P H I S H I N G, not the fishing spelled with an F that sometimes people, uh, you know, think of when they hear the term. So, um, Tell me, why is phishing such a continuing problem for organizations?
1: Well, phishing tough because it really tar- tries to play on the heartstrings of the, of the end users. It's an attack that you don't really recognize as an attack. It goes after people that ultimately think that they're doing the right thing. And the only real way to help stop it is through that education of all those end
0: users. So can you give us an example of what phishing looks like, just so we're real clear on uh, what we're talking about?
1: Absolutely. So uh, a kind of generic email phishing campaign might be an email that comes in that looks like it's tagged with a common provider like Amazon or something. You might say, hey, uh, we here at Amazon uh, have seen some unusual uh, account activity with your account. Please click the link here to reset your password. When you click on the link, it then takes you to a place where it will look like an Amazon website, and uh, you'll enter your credentials. When in all actuality, what's happening is you're entering your creds into a database uh, that a bad actor will then use from there to either um, mimic as that end user, or they'll sell it off to, to someone else who will kind of take the next steps there. As you get deeper and deeper into the different types of phishing campaigns, that that'll be initiated. Uh, some are more targeted. Uh, it'll either be a, a spear phishing tactic, which it will go after somebody saying, using their own companies, logos, uh, people that know of uh, certain end users from a specific bank account. So it will be more custom tailored to that end user. Uh, or there might be an example of something like whaling where a CEO might be targeted from a specific organization uh, or a CFO. Uh, is more traditionally targeted asking for things like wire transfers so lots of different kinds of, uh, of different fishing accounts just really depending upon the uh, the target and who, who's going who's being gone after at the time
0: yeah no that makes a lot of sense and it actually makes a lot of sense why they use the term fishing um, because just like a fish thinks that they're biting on to uh, some food uh, they actually get hooked in the process and get tricked into it so uh, fishing in the in the technology world, sounds very much like to be the same thing. You think something's good and legitimate, and then all of a sudden, next thing you know, you got hooked on a line and uh, and got tricked into something. So I think you kind of answered my, my next question, but in terms of, you know, what the bait is, I think you already gave us some examples of that. Um, but, you know, talk a little bit more about what the bait is or, or how do scammers, you know, attempt to pressure people into gaining that trust uh, and ultimately, you know, just trick them into to thinking that, hey, you know, this is uh, this is good for you uh, when it turns out not to be.
1: Sure. Well, so the bait can be a wide range of things. Um, and that really depends on how targeted the actual attack is. The bait can be anything from casting really that wide net in a phishing attack of, you know, who can I uh, can I send this targeted email out to say, you know, thousands and thousands of people. And I'm, my expectation is, is that I'm going to get one, maybe two. Uh, different people to react on it. Um, mm-hmm. Things like Amazon accounts, um, you know, maybe maybe some different banks, um, Microsoft emails, some common use platforms that that most everybody's going to have. Uh, attackers will will use you know tactics for asking credentials or asking things about those types of general use software, without ever really targeting the individual, and it's just the hopes of I can. You know, use a spray and pray type tactic, get as many of these out there as I possibly can, and I'm probably going to get some some action on, uh, on, on the distant end where at least some folks are going to fall for it. Those, uh, as opposed to doing something a lot more targeted, you know, going after those CEOs, uh, CFOs, going after, you know, maybe users from specific companies, um, maybe – I'm going out there and I'm taking somebody like IT Voice, for instance, and uh, I'm able to secure a, a, a Gmail domain that is at IT, uh, Boyk, uh, dot com and um, ha- there will be a misspelling of V-O-I-K-E at, at the end of it. We call those that a spoof message um, when I'm able to take something that looks like it's from a legitimate source and uh, I am able to fake it to where the end user thinks that they're having a conversation with someone, but they're really not.
0: Right. Yeah. And, and uh, I've heard of all the, like, the social engineering that people are doing these days where they're taking that to a whole nother level by, you know, learning about the people that they're targeting um, from what they're finding on social media to even be able to make it that more, much more realistic. So um, now, now, Jake, what would you say a scammer's favorite season is?
1: Um, you know, if I had to guess, I would probably imagine that it's fishing season. Uh, just to kind that's of go right. And- <laughs> all right.
0: That was my one, my one joke for the day. Um, all right. So seriously though, um, what can somebody in business do to avoid getting sucked in, you know, getting hooked on the line, um, on these phishing, uh, schemes? You know, the,
1: the number one thing that they can do is, uh, is education. The more that, uh, the more that their employees and everyone knows that these types of attacks are happening and they are relevant and, that people do fall for them, the, the more they'll be on the lookout for them. Um, they're getting more and more complex, uh, better and better kind of every, every week as we go, uh, the w- websites are looking more legitimate. So the best advice that I can give on, on what do you do is wit- when in doubt ask um, use the second form of verification. Uh, if, if you need to, whether it's picking up the phone and, and calling uh, the individual who was supposedly sent the email or, you know, asking your IT department um, if the the message trace looks legitimate and if it's actually coming from who it says it is. You can also use different some, some different software packages that are out there that'll help either flag these when they, when they look suspicious just to give you an extra hand on, hey, this doesn't look quite right, or even stop some of them from ever reaching the end user in the first
0: place. Right. Now, that makes a lot of sense. And actually, uh, it, it makes me think, for those of us in the C-suite like myself, we have to make sure that we have a culture within our company that it's okay to ask. Uh, I know there was one story that, you know, basically the AP person was like, well, hey, I don't want to bother them and, and ask. And that was kind of what, you know, the pressure that they felt just because of the the culture in the organization. And then turns out they, you know, wired $125,000 to a bad actor. So I think it's both on the employee side of asking and also for those of us in the C-suite, making sure we're encouraging a culture that, hey it's always okay to double check before you wire some money or write a check or, you know, uh, buy some gift cards, whatever it is. Like if it doesn't smell right, you know, just ask and uh, and, and validate it. Um, and um, now when, when somebody does validate it, should they just reply right back to that email and say, hey, Bob, is that really you? Or how should they go about validating it?
1: Well, if the, uh, if the phishing
0: attack is coming from,
1: Someone who's uh, who's really taking their time, that email address itself could be compromised. Um, and there's a few different tactics and some ways that folks can do that. So using a different form of verification is always is always recommended. Whether that's you know picking up the phone and actually calling the person, sending them a text, um, or you know getting with someone else that can do that third-party kind of verification for that. I'll, always uh, try to do a separate set of verification because if I've had the ability to send a a phishing email from one address, then I'm going to be able to send a reply to
0: it as well. Right. Yeah, no, that's a really, that's a really great point. Um, um, so, so let's just say I'm a CEO sitting there and I'm hearing you talk about this and maybe I'm feeling a little bit overwhelmed. Um, you know, with, this just seems like a whole lot in terms of to do and, you know, maybe I've I've been hit or at least I'm feeling vulnerable out, out there. Um, are there any resources outside of the company that somebody uh, could go to to get help in this area? Um, absolutely. Well, so I mean,
1: different MSPs will uh, will help provide um, solution sets that are around this. Uh, there are also a lot of uh, different kind of social IT groups that folks can get involved in. Um, the different se- there's several different security providers out there uh, that that specialize in these type of things. Or you know, even just pointing employees to start listening to podcasts such as this. Uh, kind of start building the building blocks on that education uh, type of, of approach to this. Um, it w- wouldn't be happening if the tactics didn't work and the tactics are going to continue to evolve. So an uh, individual that's running the company, they can't be expected to keep up with all the latest trends that are going to happen. So really kind of engaging some some different third parties that are, that are real experts in this field and that are going to be on top of the attacks tomorrow uh, is what the, the folks should be looking out for.
0: Yeah, that makes sense. Yeah, it makes sense. Just like I have an outside accountant or an outside attorney that helps, helps make sure that we keep things in line on that. You know, I need somebody outside on the technology front that can help make sure that we're up to speed on those threats uh, to our business. So that makes a whole lot of sense. Well, Jake, thanks for uh, your time today and joining us uh, here on uh, technology simplified by IT boys tech talk that everyone can understand. And as Jake said on his last point there, um, we love it to have uh, you know people listen in, so please spread the word. Uh, we love it. If you would like, uh, give us a, a good rating um, as that helps us um, get more listeners as well that way. So uh, we appreciate everyone listening in today. Thanks, Will.